The Tablet Show, Episode 108, with guest Mark Miller. Recorded live Tuesday, October 8th, 2013. From thetabletshow.com, it's The Tablet Show. Conversations about developing software for tablets and other mobile devices with your hosts, Carl Franklin and Richard Campbell. In this episode, Carl and Richard talk to Mark Miller about iOS 7 versus Windows 8. This episode of The Tablet Show is sponsored by Telerik, offering the best in developer tools and support. Online at telerik.com. And now, here are Carl and Richard. Hey, Dublin! It's the Tablet Show! Yes, sir. What an ornery crowd. <laughs> Love them. Great venue, though. This is a beautiful space. It is a beautiful where space. Where are we? Hey, where are we exactly? Uh, we're in the Helix. In the Dublin. Helix. And this is a, a legit theater. Yeah, it's really the genuine thing. There are curtains and right. spotlights and everything. Uh, it's it's weird because they're expecting a show, so we feel like we have to perform. We have to put on a show. But we just talk. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We're, we're just professional talkers. We're just talking. Okay. So we do this bit in the beginning of the show called Better Know Framework. All right, buddy, what do you got? Well, I have something um, interesting to me anyway, and therefore might be interesting to somebody else. Of course, JavaScript is becoming a first-class language, but it it does lack a few things, Mm -hmm. um, especially where I.O. is concerned for local I.O. If you want to do anything with binary files, for example, it's kind of difficult. Right. Uh, you know, I've been trying to work with audio files in particular, and in looking around, there is a file API, which I've discussed on before, Yep. Uh, but you really can't get a, a set of binary data. You, you get string representations of binary data, and then you have to convert it. But there actually is, for the purpose of audio, uh, a framework out here. If you go to uh, tinyurl.com slash api. No less than Mozilla Wiki, Mozilla.org. Nice. There's uh, an audio data API. And the idea is uh, it's a draft recommendation for defining an enhanced API for audio. And there is reading audio, which should be fairly easy, playing an OGG file. Right. Because I don't think they can do legally do MP3. OGG is Ogvorbis. Ogvorbis, which is sort of a MP3-like format, but it's completely free, license-free, royalty-free. And it makes sense coming from the Mozilla guys, because they're all open source all all the way. Exactly. But there's also writing to OGG files. Oh, really? Yeah. And I don't know if there's writing to WAV files, but there's certainly writing to to, uh, capturing audio data and getting it in its raw form. Cool. So if you wanted to do something with that stream of audio data, whatever that is, you can do it, uh, including saving it. Uh, there's also um, visualizing audio, uh, and I know there's an example there on visualizing the audio spectrum, which is interesting. Of course, the audio is just numbers, so if you want to do some spectrum analysis with color and uh, you know design patterns and all that kind of stuff, it looks really interesting. All right. So another complete example is creating a web-based tone generator. So I just thought the whole idea of you know, taking what I consider to be a desktop application, you know, a multi-track audio recording app, such as we use on our show, and moving that to a browser seems completely ludicrous to me. Yep. But here's what looks like the beginnings of that, you know. And and it just brings up the whole idea of binary data in JavaScript, you know. I know we're in a sandbox, but, you know, let me play in a sandbox. Let me have bina- real binary data in uh you know in my own place where I can write to that file and I can read that file. Right. Don't give me execute permission on a binary file, that's fine. But I do want to write a data file and read it. And I'm looking at the compatibility stack for this and it says Chrome 14, which is a long time ago, Firefox 23, which is relatively recent, uh and Safari 6, but Internet Explorer not supported. Yeah. But well, it's you, you know reference it's still a working draft. Right. So it's interesting that at least somebody's thinking about it. For sure. Yeah. So there you go. Know it, learn it, love it. Yeah, know it, learn it, love it. Richard, who's talking to us? 
uh, grabbed a comment off of show 101. And that's the one we did with Mary Jo Foley, where we talked about all the craziness going on in the Microsoft space, the yes. Nokia acquisition, and so forth. Mm-hmm. This yeah. comment comes from Stephen Ball, who says, I enjoyed the show as always. In particular, I feel like this topic was especially aimed at my array of devices. Like Mary Jo, I use the HTC Windows Phone 8X and a Surface RT. In addition, my personal development laptop is running Windows 8 Pro. All my Windows 8 devices have served me well so far, particularly my Surface RT. I primarily use the device to check email and surf the web while traveling, so the RT version did the trick. In my opinion, Windows 8 got its bad reputation for being, quote, too different. While I agree that the learning curve was rather steep, I found once I rounded that curve, I came to enjoy the user experience very much. I think if more people gave it a try before judging, they might actually change their tune on Microsoft's latest OS. Okay. And uh, that, you know, the funny part about, you know, Windows 8 being too different is, wasn't that the complaint of the people who previously had said Microsoft was too stuck in their ways? Right. And that wasn't the uh, slogan for Apple, think different? Right. Apparently, that's not such a good idea. Well, I don't know, because I think our show think different, just don't suck, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how that works. (laughs) So, Stephen, thanks so much for your comment. A tablet show mug is on its way to you. And if you'd like a tablet show mug, just write a comment on the website at thetabletshow.com or on any of our tablet show mobile apps. Mm. We've got them for iOS, Android, Windows Phone 7 and 8, and Windows 8. And those great apps were made by Diatom Enterprises. Who'd love to build you an app, too? Just go to diatomenterprises.com. And now it's my great pleasure to welcome back to the show Mark Miller, uh, Chief Architect for Tools for Developer Express. Is that your title these days? I like the Chief Scientist. I get to wear the lab coat. Chief Egghead, maybe? Chief Egghead. What is, what is your... Uh Blue, the blue-headed what's it, picture. What's the, what's the head size now? Yeah. It no, is no, no. growing every year. <laughs> it's getting bigger. Your alter ego, the blue... Oh, you're talking the about... The blue guy. Um, oh, my gosh. What is his name? Yeah, I can't remember. Pop culture it, reference it, It'll come to, me. come to me in a second. All the, right. Uh, the blue guy, right? Well, anyway, you, you've been uh, developing software for a long, 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 long time. You have a lot to say about design, a lot to say about UI. And in particular, uh, it's been nine months since we talked to you. It was on the last road trip uh, about user interface principles and design. But uh, some new things have come to light. Um, in particular, you just got a new iPhone. I didn't get a new iPhone, I, but I did upgrade. I have an old iPhone, okay. uh, I think a 4S, and I uh, upgraded the operating system to iOS 7. So what do you think? Um, I felt like I've been like just bitch slapped across my face a bunch of times. <laughs> um, this is the best news for Microsoft because I used to be focused on Windows 8 and the things I want to change or I'd like to change there. And now all I can think about is what the hell happened in Cupertino. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's not good. Um, there are, uh, but it's very interesting though, especially in light of when you compare it to Windows 8. Right. Because both, uh, iOS 7 and Windows 8, um, had similar goals where they said, you know, let's, let's get rid of the skeuomorphisms. Uh, skeuomorphisms are, are, are kind of the, um, uh, the call outs, the callbacks to things we've seen in the, re- in the real world. Right. They're like, for example, on a button, you might see a shadowed edge or a bevel or a, a gradient yeah. or something to give you a sense that you can press it. I like right? the floppy disk to save. Right. Who the knows f- what a floppy disk is? <laughs> there anymore. you go. Exactly. Yeah. The floppy disk to save yeah. kind of, kind of thing. But, but it's essentially a call out to something in the real world, right? Yeah. It's, it's a shout out to it. Say, here, Here's this thing that you know of. Something so, familiar. Right. So so both Windows 8 and iOS 7 said, ah, we're going to get rid of that. We're going to go with something different. And, uh, and Windows Phone before Windows 8. Yeah, Windows Phone 2. Yeah, yeah. Windows Phone 2. Um, uh, and, and so what's interesting is if you look at the tiles in Windows Phone and, and in Windows 8, you, you see what they did is they said, you know, instead of making it look like a button, we're going to make it look like a bright orange square right, or something yeah. like that, right? We're going to really emphasize that it's a clickable thing. And in iOS 7, they said, we're going to make it look invisible. Like there's nothing there. <laughs> it's There's a button around here somewhere. It's, yeah. it's just some text, right? And it, it, it became painfully obvious to me in seconds when I'm putting an angry tweet out about iOS 7, and I made a mistake, and I shook the phone to get undo, and I see the words undo typing in big black bold, and I see some other text below, and I start clicking on undo typing, and nothing's happening. And I realize that this is just text, and right underneath it, the text that's not big black and bold on white, it's instead light blue or blue on white, medium blue on white, 
it says undo, a little smaller, harder to read because it's not as bold. That's the actual button. What? And then right underneath there is one more button called cancel. And the mo- highest contrast item is not the button. And you can't tell the difference between the label and the button because, at least in this moment, you can't because you don't have, you don't have yet, you haven't learned yet that throughout most of iOS 7, if it's blue text on a white background, it's a button. And if it's black bold text on a white background, it's a label. Even if it's higher contrast. Right. Exactly. Yeah. It's kind of the opposite of what you want. The fix is is to lower the contrast of the title. You can keep it bold if you want, but really make it low contrast. Yeah. I, is the title even necessary? This, isn't yeah, the really. fact that it says undo or cancel enough? Yeah. I think, I, in fact, if you look at consistency through iOS 7, yeah. it's like whoever was in charge of the consistency was probably thrown out of a window <laughs> in, you know, months ago. <laughs> And Do you think the, it's as simple as Steve Jobs isn't around to kick their ass anymore? I'm wondering if it's as simple as Steve Jobs was a flippin' genius, right? And and was the guy who was able to control all of this. What, wait a second. There's actually it, some evidence to support this. Wasn't Forstall the, the guy who was the UI designer and he's gone too? Um, you know, I, you might be right about that. I'm, hmm. I'm not so good with names and, and when, when they left, I know Forstall was there, but I'm not sure what he was doing. Right. So. Megamind. Megamind. That's your alter ego. <laughs> <Megamind. laughs> I, I knew it would come to me. Okay. There's evidence to support that maybe Jobs was actually the secret guy who knew everything, the right thing to do. Right. Yeah. Because if you look at, we talk about skeuomorphisms, right? You yeah. look at iOS 6, you have Game Center, mm-hmm. and Game Center has got a green felt background. Right. It's got wooden panels around the edge. And Game Center was developed after Steve Jobs was out. Right. And and my understanding on it is is that uh, whoever was behind it was saying, well, you know, Steve Jobs likes skeuomorphisms. Let's do it, baby. <laughs> right? Let's just let's get some green felt and some wooden panels and put it all in here. Game Center is, is poorly done in iOS six. Hmm. It's got the the things that are buttons look like you know they're kind of labeled kind of kind of you know things on like a dartboard if you were in a pub kind of thing. It's kind of got yellow background and I don't I'm not sure what the foreground colors for the text, but it's not high contrast mm-hmm. and um and and so when iOS 6 it's it's poorly done and it, it's almost as if whoever was left afterwards saw game center and said we are doing the exact reverse opposite <laughs> right and we're going to go from there and we're going to now take everything away and and the problem that you get as you go in that direction and actually windows 8 has a similar problem Right, and and the problem that you get when you go in that direction is discoverability. Right, and in iOS seven, the problem is all over the place. It's like it wants to just slap you across the face again and again and again because of because of inconsistency issues and because of the ambiguity that's there between the buttons and the labels. Yeah, you know, and this isn't a new problem. I, I it's very hard to believe that after so much good UI that we've seen, you know, versus bad UI, and that has come up because of the iP phone. I know. That has been on every designer's mind. What's good UI? What's bad UI? Billy Hollis's uh, elevator example comes to mind where where he shows a picture of an elevator uh, panel and there's a circular label with a number on it next to a circular button with nothing on it. I know. And the lid, and every, and, and the, so you don't press. What do you press? You press what do you the label, press? Right? You press the label, yeah. right? I feel and betrayed. It's exactly Carl. the same thing. Yeah, it's just like, I feel betrayed. I feel like, like these guys have been doing so well, doing yeah. so much good. And, and then now they're, now, now what they're trying to do, you know, whoever was guiding it was saying, okay, the, it seems pretty clear they were like, we want the smallest number of pixels on the screen hmm. aside from the background, right? right? So we're going to have the background all white or whatever it's going to be. And then we want the small, fewest number of pixels. So, so like I say, if you want to, uh, if you want to, you know, click on a button, you have to kind of look and say, oh yeah, that's right. Blue on most of the screens means it's a button. Mm. You know, on, yeah. on, in a calendar app, red is a button. Really? Yeah. But in most other parts of iOS 7, red means a dangerous thing. Right, like trash all messages is red text, and and blue is something but, else. But in the calendar, it's a standard button. Every button is every single text link in calendar app is red. So it's like, do I want to add a new event? No, that's dangerous. I don't want to do that. <laughs> right? Do I want, want might, to scroll into the month of November? No, I'm not clicking you the might red November. Burn your finger. It's right? hot. It's dangerous. Yeah. Right? They also have, they have color inconsistencies too. The other thing they do is in Control Center. So Control Center is this thing where you swipe up from the bottom, and it's got a lot of commonly accessed pieces that you need that you want to get to, like turning mm-hmm. Bluetooth on or off, or getting Wi-Fi on or off, or turning mm-hmm. your flashlight on or off. Mm-hmm. Right? These things are all in Control Center in iOS 7. Functionally, it's a great idea. 
swipe up, one click, my flashlight's on. Right. It's so many more uh, shortcuts. When I say flashlight, I mean the, the light for the, the phone is on. Yeah. It's right. a flashlight. Right. It, functionally, it's a great idea, but you have this, you, you have the inconsistency problem again where you've got like, uh, I've got my five indicators for, um, you know, the different things that could be on or off, and some are black and some are white. But it's not clear to me what, what black means or what my, white means. And I just have to click things on and off and then look at the feedback. This is, oh, you just turned this on. So white means on right. mm. in control center. Mm. However, if I go over to type in some text and I want to get to uppercase, I click the upper shift, the shift key on there and it goes all filled in dark gray. So dark gray means on in, uh, on a shift key. Uh, uh, yeah, on the shift key. If I double click it to get all caps, it goes all white. But that, that, that middle indicator for an initial cap is wrong. It should not be, it should not go to dark gray. It should go to white, uh, a white arrow frame. Uh, you imagine an arrow pointing up to indicate shift. Yeah. It starts as black. When it's not, when it's whatever in the normal state, meaning off, if it was consistent, and then we click it once, it should go to white frame, double click it, it should go to the white fill. Yeah. But it doesn't. Do you, you have similar complaints about the, um, quote unquote, Metro interface? So, okay, so Metro, my complaints about Metro, like my biggest complaints, I, got, I, I have three complaints about the Metro interface. Um, one is uh, all caps, the kind of leaning towards all caps that we were seeing in some of the, for titles and things like that. All caps are not good. I can go into more detail. I'll is, that more a, is that a is that a Metro thing or Windows eight thing or? I think it, I, I, my sense is that, is that it was, but but you're looking confused at me, and so maybe maybe that's not the case. For some reason, in my head, this totally stands out, and now I'm thinking about it, and I'm thinking, well, is it only was I only seeing this in titles and stuff, and maybe this was only in. in I was thinking in Visual Studio, they they had a uppercase. Orgy, but, uh, but they did. They were doing that to mimic what was in Windows 8 when some of the things that were in Windows 8 were the titles. Richard, can you back me up? You know everything. Do you, have you seen this? <laughs> am I, am I, cause I haven't seen this in a while and I'm just, for some reason, I'm thinking all uppercase something is. Yeah, they, well, that's, they don't do, use lowercase type in the Metro interface hardly at all. It's basically doesn't show anywhere. Okay. But the thing I found weird about the Visual Studio thing, I mean, I get that they wanted to do that. It's just a uh, Studio is not a Metro app. Yeah. So. Yeah. So this is what happens to me. So so your question was, you know, about Metro. So we so mm-hmm. there are three things. Mm-hmm. I, I hit one, and we'll, I guess we'll go into detail on all this. Right. So all uppercase. So Visual Studio, we know, has got all uppercase On titles. the menus, yeah. I have not been a fan of this since the beginning of this. Yeah. And, I've, and my the effort that I've been putting into this has been increasing, to changing this has been increasing over the years. Yeah. Um, the first thing I did is I created a, um, a plug-in that, that got rid of it. Just said, you know, it's bullshit. We're, right. we're going to go back to normal case. Yeah. Um, the latest thing I've done is I sent an, a detailed email to Scott Hanselman, who's my, you know, my, who's my, the friendly guy at Microsoft who says, Hey, Mark, we like you. <laughs> and, and then he sends it out to the people inside. Mm. But, but I talked about all the reasons why you shouldn't do it in uppercase. And here are the reasons. Okay. One of the reasons is, is we recognize words by the shape of the word. Right. And of when the, you go of the letters. Of the letters. Yeah. But the shape of the word. Okay. The letters in the word, right? So uh, if you think of the word shape, all lowercase, imagine that word, all lowercase, right. right? It's very distinctive, right? You have the curve of the S at the beginning, you have sure. the descender of the P, and uh, and then everything else across is all lowercase characters. Mm. And they're all kind of round characters, the right? H goes up, the P right, goes the H, down. The H, right, I forgot yeah. about the H, right? The H is there, go up, and the, right? And so you have all of those. That's a very unique shape. Yeah. Now imagine the word all uppercase. Yeah. And you got a rectangle. Yeah. Right. Okay. You always get a rectangle. A block. You always, almost always get a rectangle yes. with this, yeah. right? If, yeah. if anything, with the word shape, the letter P gives you a little bit of an indentation near the end in the all yeah. uppercase, right? Right. But, but it's essentially a block. Yeah. That's the problem is you have rectangles of varying width and as a result, we can't recognize words so easily. So our reading speed drops. Right. Right. Okay. That's one of the reasons. Yeah. Um, the, the, the other reason that I think is incredibly compelling, like, like more compelling than anything that I think that Microsoft should be just changing. Oh, yeah, you're right, Mark. We should change this is that the width of the menu increases. Sure. And on small screen resolutions, if I'm doing a presentation, for example, mm. I can get to situations if, if I have other products installed as well, where I have wrapping. Yep. Of the menus. Right. And that means I have less code is on screen. Yeah. But if I go to lowercase, you know, initial cap plus lowercase, I don't have wrapping. Right. Because it takes more space. Right. Yeah. Right? I just want to like, just, do you not see this? Yeah. Right? Change it. Yeah. So uh, all uppercase 
in general is bad. And it's been bad forever. We, we right. tell people it's yelling. Yeah, it's, it's, isn't that the basic That's word. the second reason. It's yelling. That, yeah, that's it's the third yelling. reason. I mean, it's right. Yeah, it's, it's like yelling. the first thing you learn when you get on online in any form is to stop using all uppercase. Don't yell. You look stupid. Yeah. Yeah. So if you look at Metro, and, and, and this is my speculation on this, is that, is that, you know, Microsoft at the time was just getting their pants beaten by, by iPhone, right? And at least in the mobile, in the smartphone world, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And, there, and then iPad comes out, right? And so all this, you know, Apple is, is a serious threat. And so they're like, okay, we need a new UI is what we need. And I think what happened is someone had an idea and they said, okay, well, what if we base it on like, you know, the signs, you know, the, of, you know, if, sure. if you're navigating through like Europe or something like that, the street signs, right? right? That sort of thing, right? And I think that's where they got the all uppercase from. Mm-hmm. I think that's where they got the big fat borders from. Yep. It's my second problem with Windows with Windows 8 is is the borders, um, and uh, the borders on the buttons are, are the, the contrast is too high, the, it's too thick. The borders, it's um, and and I think and I think what they did is then they put a package together and said, hey, this is it. Imagine going through Europe, and this is what our interface is going to be like. It's going to yeah. be something familiar to everybody. Everybody's seen it. Right. I think it was a mistake because because if they this is my speculation, right? But if if it was in fact based on this and and the pitch was you know, imagine this and everybody's having happy memories of going to Europe and they say, yeah, let's do it. We're, 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 we've, you've sold us and we're buying this. We're going to go do this as our interface. We're investing in it. Um, uh, I think it's a mistake because they, they didn't think about, you know, the essence of the problem, which is, you know, when I get to, when I talk about the science of great UI, the essence of the problem is efficiency. You need efficiency in motion and in thought, Hmm. the least amount of physical motion, the least amount of thought. And they weren't thinking about, that problem. They were instead thinking about uh, how do we, you know, we Make need a threat. Cool. We need something we can that's happy for us. We need a happy place to hold on to. And yeah. I think they got it and they invested and they didn't really do the, the best job that they so could. So now comparing, you know, and it, when I'm, you know, when I'm thinking Metro, I'm actually thinking Windows Phone, which is not quite Metro, but it's, it's that same yeah. idea. It's kind of there. Um, yeah. So which do you like better? I mean, the Windows Phone interface, let's say, or the iOS or the iPhone 7. Um, yeah, actually, Windows, I, I like Windows better now. And I, you know, I, th- that surprises the heck out of me that I would actually, you know, say that. But mm. I think part of the problem is, is that I'm, I am like, fight, I, I get angry when I see things done incorrectly. Yeah. Right. And I'm like angry when I'm using my iPhone now. And, mm. uh, and I understand the problems of, of Windows. Uh, uh, Windows has essentially three problems. It, it, it has the um, Windows Phone. You're saying w- Windows Phone and also Windows and Windows, Windows, 8. Windows Eight. The, the the three UI problems, right? But, um, it has the borders are too thick. I talked about that. Right. The, the reason that's a problem is because the icons inside, uh, you know, say it's a happy face icon, for example, and Outlook's got a happy face icon, right? And that's a uh, happy face is done with a circle, and it's got a happy little smile and, and two eyes. The thickness of the stroke used to render the happy face is actually thinner than the circle around it. The circle around it is thicker because mm-hmm. it's a standard circle they're using everywhere, mm-hmm. and it's high contrast. Mm. So in order to recognize that as a happy face, you have to first look at it and say, oh, it's got a circle. Every other button's got a circle. I'm going to ignore the circle now and look inside the circle yeah. at the icon. Yeah. So this is what's happening like in, you know, milliseconds, sure. right? But it's a small, small amount of time, but you're now focused more. Right. The fact that it's it, a button should take less of our concentration yeah. than what the button is actually right. about. And, and when you talk about this, like this move to go away from skeuomorphisms, right? And to go to something else, what Microsoft did is they said, we're going to really make sure you know that right. this is a button. Yeah. Too far. Yeah. In my opinion. Hmm. Right. And iOS 7 well, said, we're going to make sure you're not sure if this is a button or not. <laughs> <laughs> Too well, far. You, you know, it's almost like Windows 3, right? Or the early versions of Windows, all the lines were really thick and everything yes. is big and really in your face. And, it is. It and is then it great. sort of got, you know, thinner and more delicate to, to sort of blend into the background a bit. Right. This portion of the tablet show is brought to you by our good friends at Telerik. Hey, can you ever have too many free tools to complement your development skills? I didn't think so. So our friends at Telerik are giving you now more than 30 free products for application development, automated testing, agile project management, and content management. And we're talking free-free. Not a trial, not a demo, but free, complete products supported by a community of over 440,000 developers at Telerik Forums. 
From free ASP.NET AJAX, ASP.NET MVC, and Silverlight controls, to the free ORM solution and automated testing framework, to free agile management tools and content management systems, all of these and more are available to you for immediate download at Telerik.com slash free stuff. Most of the free products can be used for commercial purposes and give you access to supplemental support resources such as documentation and forms. Go to Telerik.com slash free stuff now and take full advantage of the available free of charge products. And don't forget to thank them for supporting the tablet show. The part of Metro I really appreciate is the, both on the phone and in regular tablets, is this idea that the screen is a viewport into a much larger surface that you keep scrolling horizontally and can see more and more stuff where, you know, the traditional interface, uh, especially you talk about regular windows, the screen has edges. The mouse can only go to the edge. It can't go any further. Right. So, you know, so, so that's interesting because when it comes to like the titles of things, Mm -hmm. I actually don't think that they should be you know, off, off to the side. I prefer to see the whole text there right. instead of cropped, right? And forcing me to scroll just to read it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that, that's where I stand on that, that issue. With regards to, you know, working with bigger data, I don't have a problem with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, iOS does something that kind of gives you a sense that there's something bigger out there by allowing you to have the multi-finger, like four fingers or more swipe left or right to right. multitask. To multiple pages. Right, to go through. Yeah, and, and that's not bad. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of like that same kind of thing that I'm working in a bigger space kind of thing, but it's not in, within the app itself. Mm-hmm. You, yeah. The app itself has to write something like that if they want to Yeah, they, have that. it's not a natural behavior in, in, in the uh, iPhone. But I do think that, I, I think that if, if people given the choice between um, or, or I don't know if given the choice is the right words, but you know, I, I think it comes down to metrics, right? It's like how quickly can I do my task, right? And the faster you can do your tasks in general is a, is an indication of how efficient the UI is, mm-hmm. right? And so I think people can do the task more efficiently if they see the title, everything on screen, even if we have to drop the font down a little bit mm-hmm. to get to make it fit. Than if, um, than if they have to reach and move it and then move it back to then go back and working again. Right. Yeah. That's what I think. Uh, but okay. you know, I don't have data, but I, it feels the, right. It to me. feels to me like there's several different pieces here. Well, one part is discoverability. I mean, once you know that where a button is and you learn that, hmm. you know, now it's just, you don't have to worry about discoverability anymore. You've, you've, right. you've, you're becoming an advanced user. Right. And we've, I, and Richard and I have had these discussions this trip about, you know, there being two modes. And not just for, for UI, but for NUI as well, you know, for, for the voice commands in your car, a, a, a sort of a discoverability mode and then an advanced mode, right? Uh, the Windows phone has this great little voice feature when you get a text that says, incoming text from blah, blah, blah. You can say, read it or ignore. Right. How would you like to just narrow that prompt down to blah, 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 text from blah, blah, blah. Fast to the point, yeah. right? Advanced mode. Yeah. I know what to say. You don't have to tell. give me a menu every time. Right. And then if it didn't understand what you said, it reads that whole damn sentence to you again. Yeah. yeah. This is, this is, I think, one of the most challenging sl- problems to solve as a software developer. Because we're talking about, we're talking about a, a mode that's actually not one of two, but it's kind of a transition. Right. 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 You have to not only be aware of, you know, you know, you, you have to not only do the function that your software has to do, but now we're talking about having your software actually train and adapt training as they get better. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it's we're talking about a whole level of, of, of feature that right. most people don't even think about when That's they're right. specking it out. Yep. Right? Yeah. Because I think there's another, discoverability is one piece, but I think the other piece here is friction. Even when you know what to do, how much effort do you have to put out to do it? I'm not just talking number of steps, but like you said, the f- seeing the menu item properly. Right. Dealing with the contrast yeah. levels. Like yeah. those are, that is a permanent transactional cost. Right. It's frictional cost. Yes. And it adds up over time. Yeah. The thing is, as you get, as you get better, you're like, Oh, I know where the button is. I'm just going to click it. Like right. right now, that undo typing thing doesn't yeah. phase me anymore. Right. It yeah. makes me angry, but it's for a shorter <laughs> period of time each time. Right. Cause I know which button I have to hit. Are you going to get all the way to the I love it now? No. No. Should, no, it's only going to be wrong. degrees. It's of wrong. Heat. It's, 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 it's wrong. wrong. I can prove that it's wrong. <laughs> Right? You can prove that it's wrong because it's so high contrast. Your eyes are going to it. It's bold. It's right. absolutely wrong. I mean, so I would argue, even though you've 
you've hit the level of you don't have to concern yourself with discoverability, it is causing friction still because it invariably draws right. the eye, even though you don't need to look at it. Right. So for when you say when you say friction, right. what I'm thinking of, and, and I totally agree with that term. I'm totally happy with that. Okay. I'm thinking of efficiency of thought, efficiency of motion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Efficiency of thought divides into two two pieces. Efficiency of consuming information and then efficiency of driving your body to move or speak or do whatever it has to do. Right. In the, in, and so, for example, in natural interfaces, sometimes it goes like this, you know, turn left. Uh, did you say turn right? Yeah. I said turn left, right? You know, yeah. uh, right turn, okay, coming up. No, yeah, left yeah. turn, right? Yeah, right? So, you know, something like that, right? You're repeating yourself, right? Yeah. It's, it's, you know, so that's inefficient. Or, or maybe I would like the car to turn left now yeah. instead of just left, yeah. right? You, you want efficiency of driving, of, of thought in terms of driving things mm-hmm. and efficiency of thought in terms of consuming what's on screen. And I think that Apple was going for, they were saying, look, we are going to, they did do get some functional benefits. Yep. Right? Like the simple example of turning on my light. It's so much faster and easier now. I used to hack it by going into the video and saying, I want to create to a video now and I want to turn the flash on. Right? It was like one, two, three, four, five clicks or something. Right. Now it's like swipe and a click. So Apple got the functional stuff, but I think that they were primarily obsessed with efficiency of consumption mm-hmm. and the argument was presented that if we have fewer pixels on screen they'll consume more easily but nobody said what about ambiguity nobody mm-hmm. asked that question what about ambiguity what about inconsistency steve jobs wasn't there i think i think that might have been what it was but mm-hmm. that's do you see ios 7 is really a v1 of a new ui and yes absolutely absolutely mm-hmm. i think they're gonna they're, i can't imagine this sticking they have to fix it. They they have to know, and they have to fix it. There are problems where you go, they have proximity problems, and I forget which app this is in, but if you go in, and discoverability problems too, like for example, delete if, uh, uh, messages, like text messages. If I want to delete a text message, in the old days, it was easy. I think I hit a button called edit or something like that. Mm-hmm. In the new days, that button's gone. There's no button that, that says that. So in iOS 7, what I what I did to get to, to be able to delete the text message, I had to click and hold on the text message, and a menu pops up. And one of the menu items, I think, I forget what it was, it might have been copy or something like that. The other one was more. No, that's and, bad. Dot, dot, dot. So I click, bad. I click more, and then all of a sudden, the circles appear, where I can click and select. And the one that the message I was on is selected. Like, oh, that's nice. It selected that one for me. And I'm like, and then and I see the delete icon in the bottom right. So to delete, I have to hold it yep. and go for more, dot, dot, dot. To and del- then delete. Yeah. yeah. It, it, it was like, I was like, oh, okay, it's not, it's not discoverable. Right. That's the problem with touch devices is you don't have a hover, so yeah. you can't do a tooltip that says, here's how you discover. But the whole hold, <laughs> hold in menu pop-up is a very Windows phone thing. Yeah. 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 But, but whenever it does that, all the items are on that pop-up. Yeah. That's yeah. it. Even if you have to scroll this a bit. one was this what, one was how no, many items are more in that menu? Well, in the more, there's no it, menu that comes up when you click more. That's the other disorienting thing for me, at least when I first did it. But here's the reason why they say more because they also have the ability when you have them when you have them selected to do something else with them. What and I don't I don't what remember can you what you possibly do with one text up. message Hold other on. than copy and delete. Um, iOS 7 allows you to, uh, in addition to deleting, it allows you to uh, send a text to somebody else. So I can click the other button. The option is is uh, an arrow that points off to the side, kind of right. like a forward button, and then I can. So, so they obviously made a dis- a decision that adding that feature, you know, is more important than making it easy for people who don't want to use that feature to just simply delete a text message. Because yeah. you know, on the Windows Phone, I can you know copy that message into the clipboard and then go to another user and paste it and send it to them too. Yeah. So another, another crazy inconsistent thing in iOS seven is in the, um, uh, is in the, the uh, reminders app. And one of the things that's crazy about this is that if I want to, um, if I want to, for example, uh, edit a task, I have to click the edit button. Then there's a, uh, off to the left of the task is a red kind of delete icon. Okay. I then, like a red X kind of kind of thing. Round, like that. It's, yeah, red, it's kind of, round the looks very threatening. Yeah, it yeah. looks threatening. Serious. I have to click the threatening thing. Hmm. Hold on, and then I get a red button that says delete, and to the left of it, right next to it, more, more. more. The more button is white text on light gray. 
It's almost not it's, there. It's almost like it's disabled. And it's right? and there's no way back from there either. Well, you I think you hit done up in the upper right. Okay. So but here's the thing. So more but I still don't back. have that's discoverability done. yet. Right. I don't know what it does. I'm not even does. sure what's going on. The the mistake here though is is more is so close to delete. Right. It's right next to yeah. it. This is a proximity it's violation. Kind of like eject and format. Exactly. Being so close to each other on the. Exactly. It's like being in a in a in a jet plane. I mean, in a fighter jet, <laughs> and having your start engine right next to your eject button. <laughs> and there's no and they're and they're big squares, and there's no border between them. There's nothing. That's just dumb. It's dumb. Yeah. It's it's a it's a proximity violation. Apple yeah. has to know this on some level. Right. They have to know this, and they have to they have to fix this. Um, by the way, if I click on more, then I get the ability to edit it. details. Say, remind me in a day. Remind me when I get to this location. Yeah. Very useful things for the reminder. Sure. But to get there, I've got to go through delete essentially to yeah. get there. Well, what's the what's the alternative to have a button somewhere away from the yeah. from that screen and make the whole. You know, or at least from away from the delete button. But you if could do then, that. then do you know that it's there if you don't? You know, what if you don't well, see it? Do you have like a line protruding from that? It, the, the other thing that you've button? seen in you've seen in iOS six is you hit hit edit, and then if you just click on the the item itself, right, the entry itself, yeah. it'll edit it. Yeah. Right? right, and then it brings it up. That's not happening in the in the tasks yeah. application. Okay. It's gotcha. Not. Yeah, I wouldn't. It's I want to get in there and talk to them. There's, <laughs> there's, there's some. Um, Clearly, yeah. they're listening to you. Mark. They're making. They better be listening right now. <laughs> I'm going to call them up. Yeah, it's like crazy to me. Why not revert they, back to iOS six? Because the mofos do not allow me to do that. It's like I want to put a text out, a tweet out. You can have my iOS six when you pry it from my cold dead hands, you know. But there's, I can't go back to it. Right. There, Once you upgrade, you cannot go back. Is there anything that you do like about iOS seven? Yes, I like. I say they have they they have made some functional advances where it takes fewer steps to accomplish tasks that were important. Yeah, were but they added more done. steps to the leading text like, messages. Like what? Well, the control center, for example, you swipe yeah. up from the bottom. That's right. I and, remember you, t you right, said and that. Now I've frequently accessed pieces in here. Hmm. Um, the other ones don't come to mind right now, but, um, oh, one of the ones, holy cow, no, I do like this a lot. The, there, the contacts application inside the phone app. So you mm -hmm. click phone and then you get click on contacts mm -hmm. for adding new contacts. I think is actually beautifully done. I feel like the the people who were on that team did a great job. Hmm. The, um, th there are two things actually I love about, about the contacts app when I go to add a new contact. One is in the upper left, there's a button that says add photo and it's blue text. Right. We so know blue is a button. Touch me. Right. It means I'm a button. And the other thing they do is they actually circle it. They put a circle around it. Right. And I'm like, ha, ah, a circle around thing. It's kind of the same as my fingertip, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I can touch that. I am so flipping happy on this app. Okay. That's one of the things <laughs> that I like. Because there's a on this. circle around it. It's a circle. The other thing is, guess what? The circle is low. not big and bold yeah. and dark and high contrast or whatever. Low it's contrast. not. It's low contrast gray. It's almost perfect. I think right. it is perfect, actually. The other thing I love about it is add photos all lowercase. It doesn't need an uppercase right. A. It's like, I'm totally get it. Doesn't need a yell. Yeah. But yeah, that's also the implication that it's not a required item. It's like, if you want to add a photo, you can do sure. that. Yeah, yeah. It's like, add photo. I like it. To the right are the words first, last, and company in gray text, which are, which is standard, which I have a standard sense of. If I click on those, I'll be able to, to edit mm -hmm. those. Now, you know, in, in going totally flat, they remove the boxes around the edit boxes. So I don't know their edit boxes unless I, click them and to figure it out. So it's a little bit disconcerting because I'm not like, I don't have a good target in terms of where I need to click it. Right. Mm. Right. Last is short. Company is long. Mm. Right. In terms of my target size. And so it's, it's not trickier clear. to hit last mm. because you, what you're trying to click on is that text. From a, yes. From a perception standpoint, it is. Right. In reality, I bet if I click to the right of it, yeah, there you go. The it's actually thing. a big target. Yeah. It's but, just not defined. But it feels like it's a tiny target. What happens in our brains when we have a tiny target? We concentrate and focus more. Mm-hmm. Right? It takes more. It's what you're talking about friction, Richard, yep, right? Yeah. It takes longer to get, to, to get, and more effort to get to that point because it, it's, it, we don't have the border. We lost it. Right. Okay? These are, these are, it's like they, they took everything they did up to iOS 6. I felt like I, like, like Apple was using a set of guidelines and principles to make the choices they were making. Yeah. And then I felt like in iOS 7, those were lost. They, they just stopped looking you know, at those principles and they were doing something else. Well, it sounds like they had a new set of guidelines because they were going for a different style. 
Right. I just don't know how. Okay, but how do you lose the? But you can't lose these these guidelines and principles. These all make sense. It's almost like they're laws, right? right? It's like if you want things to be efficient, you have to do it like this way. And when I say this way, I don't mean there's only one way. There's right. there's like I think I may have said this before with you guys. I'm not sure, but there are like a thousand right ways to do UI but, the right way. Right. And there are an infinite number of ways to screw it up. Right. <laughs> right. Right. But I mean, some of these laws that are absolute are you know high contrast attracts your attention. Yeah. So. so so if you have a screen full of high contrast items, you've completely overwhelmed your user and they don't know what to look at. That's noise, right? That's or imagine noise. imagine reading text and every word is in a different color. Right. Right? It's noise and it doesn't make sense. It's like everybody's first visual basic app. Am I right? Yeah. Green yeah. background, blinking buttons. Yeah. Exactly. So my third by the way, the third thing that I don't like about Windows 8, so I'll just since I said the color in the backgrounds, yeah. is the is the multicolor tiles and the and the high emphasis given to the backgrounds of the tiles. It, right. Um, There's something about the default mode when you first fire a Metro app that goes, look, I'm in kindergarten. Yeah. Yeah. It and, is. And that combined with the ADD of the tiles. Ooh, click me, click me, right. click me. So yeah. Apple goes with color and says, hey, blue is something you can click. Red is dangerous, except for here yeah. and over here. <laughs> right? And and Windows says, color, who cares about color? It doesn't mean anything. Yeah. We're going to have color anywhere we want. It's going to be anything. You, right, you right, can yeah. use white if you want to draw on our tiles. Yeah. Right? Both are not good. You want to have consistency. You want to have meaning associated with color if you're going to if you if you're going to do it. Now, if you're building your own Windows 8 app with your own interface, yep. you you can certainly apply these principles inside of your own app. Yes. Yeah. You, yeah, and you, you should. should. You should. Yeah. So we're, you know we're talking about the, the the laws, the rules, right? And you were talking right. about contrast, right? Yeah. We've talked about this before when when you know in other shows when, we, sure. when we've done this, but but the what one of the the, the the primary rule of good UI is that is that um, uh, well, first, let's talk about a concept called information relevance just real quickly. Everything on screen is information. Yeah. And some is more relevant than others. Yeah. Right? And the example I gave at the beginning, I was talking about the undo typing. Mm -hmm. The title of that menu, undo typing, is much significantly less relevant than the actual menu to undo. Yeah. Okay? So everything has relevance. Okay? The lines, for example, even lines like around the buttons. Sure. That's less relevant right. than, the, than the icon inside. That's yes. what we want people to remember, not right. the circle on the outside. So everything has relevance, and the law, the, the most common law that's violated like all the time, and the, the law that you really have to go with is emphasis should match information relevance. Right. The more important the information is, the more emphasis it should have. But this law needs to be constrained by uh, Mark Miller's five shades of gray granularity rule, <laughs> <laughs> which is which goes like this. You, you, you know, five shades of gray, the reason I say that is you know, because of the book, but also that human beings, if I show you five shades of gray and say this is shade one through five, and then I take them away from you, and then I show you one of those shades, you can tell me which one it is. Right. Mm. That's shade number five, whatever, you know, if they're spread across from white to black. Yeah. Okay. Right? People can differentiate five shades within that range easily. Seven, maybe. Mm -hmm. Okay? But they can't differentiate 256. If I, yeah. if I show you, you know, 187 gray, you're unlikely to say that's 187. Yeah. You might say oh, it's, you know, somewhere in between, you know, 160 and 220 or something like that or whatever. So, 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 so you need to constrain it. When, so when I say emphasis matches information relevance, that's a law, but you have to constrain it. You have to come down and say, okay, you know what? We're going to do three shades of gray or five, you know, five shades. So as an example, my important data might be black on white, but my lines that separate my cells in the spreadsheet are going to be light gray because mm -hmm. that's less important. Right. right. And so those might be two of the shades that I might use. Yeah. Right. So you're, 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 you're reducing the amount of colors. That means you're reducing the noise. Right. That means it's easier to perceive. You're being consistent. So mm. we, it's easier to discover things right now. And, and, and we don't have so much thought and effort and exploration mm -hmm. going on. What's happening sure. if I do this? Right. Right. And, 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 and then, and then the, another important one is proximity. Things yeah. that are close together, closely related, should be close together yeah. physically. Yeah. Um, I, go ahead. Similar behaviors, you mean? So, some, well, similar behaviors. Un mm -hmm. Unless they're delete and right. next. Then yeah. they should not be exactly. close together. Exactly. Those are, those would be dissimilar behaviors, yeah. right? right. Uh, but also similar information. Um, talk about labels and the text that they go with, for example. Yeah. Like people, a lot of people are designing websites. Right. The question is, where do I put the label? Do I stick Just, it on the left? Do I make my labels left aligned? That's what most people do. Right. And my, and my, tech, and my edit boxes are also left aligned, right? Yeah. Cause they're all lined up as well. We want it to look nice. Yeah. However, it makes more sense to get the label closer. Okay, makes yep. more sense to either right align the label or even better, put it on top. And the reason you want to put it on top is because the new iPhone, the new phones are, are 
are zooming in and getting you right to that text yep. and you don't see what's on the left anymore. Right. Yeah. So rather than have a label anymore, you want a gray text inside the oh, text box. Oh, that's even box better. That yeah. says first. And yeah. as soon as you start typing, it disappears. Yeah. That makes me really happy. Well, because you have that zooming effect and you're exactly yeah. right. The label goes off the screen yeah. anyway. It's even better. Get yeah. rid of the labels altogether. Yeah. Put mm-hmm. the gray text in there. Yeah. Absolutely. It's minimalist and it's still yeah. non-ambiguous. Yeah. And it makes me happy. As long as and I don't end up... this is all about making me happy. That's what this show That's is about. That's what really it's all about, yeah. Because <laughs> if you're happy, we're happy. Seriously. Because I don't complain so much. Yeah. No, In yeah, the future, yeah. you're going to have me on and you'll be like, hey, Mark, anything happening? No, nothing. <laughs> nothing. It's I'm pretty good. happy. I'm good. Thanks. You'll be really mini-mind next yeah. time. Yeah, I think what you're going to see with both Windows and with... So they've both gone to extremes, right? Yep. With regard to their, what their choices are on getting rid of skeuomorphisms. I think you'll see both of them move in closer to each other in the next five years. Well, what do you think about Windows 8.1? They've made some changes to the UI. I mean, obviously a pseudo start button reappeared, but yeah, I wasn't, happy, like? I wasn't so happy with that. I am not, an, I, that was the only thing that really got my attention in it. Right. I, there was, I'm not. Were you ever a start button user anyway? Yes. Did you, did yeah. you use the menus though on the I, start button? I did. Yeah. Really? I, I even redesigned them. Yeah. There's a, there's a, um, there, so like office, for example, right? right? I remember, it, I remember this talk. It's remember, hilarious. We're talking about yeah, this. Yeah. Right. So, so, so like in 2003, I get this email from somebody who says, Hey, I got this, uh, uh, document and publisher. Can you open it? I go, geez, I don't know. Let me see. And I go into the start menu. I go over into Microsoft Office. And then I look at this list of all the apps. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Right? And I've got Microsoft Word and Microsoft something and Microsoft something. And so I'm going down looking down the left for something that says publisher. But all I see is the word Microsoft. Yeah. And then I say, oh, let's move my eyes to the right. (laughs) And I go down and all I see is the word 2003 on the end of everything. I'm like, oh, okay, fine. Let's move down the center. Look for the letter P. Look for the letter P. PowerPoint. No, that's not it. Publisher. And then remember that icon off to the left. Remember that icon. Yeah. And what I did immediately afterwards is I changed Microsoft Office in the menus to just Office. Right. And I changed Microsoft Word 2003 to just Word. Right. And then PowerPoint and, and all the other you ran ones. ran out of screen space. You couldn't see what was in the menu. Well, it's just so much noise. It was redundant yeah. information. Right. And it right. was not I as think important as the At the, the time when you're doing the presentation, it's like, I don't need to have call it Microsoft Office PowerPoint 2003 because I don't have any other kinds of Office. Yeah. There is no and, Scooby-Doo Office. And yes. you bought it already, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hey, Microsoft Marketing, I don't need to know again. Yeah. I bought it. Yeah. So. You got my money. It's okay. So it was, um, yeah. So, so, so. So yeah, I did use the start menu a lot. Yeah. And I and I and and when you have things organized, it works well. When you have things just, you know, as part of the regular default and you install a lot of pro- apps, yeah. it's it's messy and it doesn't So make for sense. discoverability, but not necessarily for launching, right? I, for I, launching I, well-known apps, it's not what everybody, you know, maybe are you my alluding mother. to like shortcuts and things like that the most yeah, people yeah, use yeah, yeah. yeah. Shortcuts. so i am actually i never got to the point where i invested to change that even though i was it was kind of handed to me so yeah. hanselman said you know scott hanselman said hey this is what i use to launching apps and i, slick, I downloaded i installed it run, and yeah. i didn't bother to learn it yeah this is by the way another thing right we're talking about discoverability right yeah. if you're going to do something new or give something a new ui you really need to be thinking about discoverability, hmm. right? How are, and, and training people. How are they going to yep. get them in? Because mm-hmm. nobody, everybody's thinking about features. Nobody's thinking, about how do I get them in? Hmm. You really want to be able to, when somebody installs your application, to just just give them like this right. giant water slide that's easy for them to get into your app and just just get in and taste it. Right. The problem is it. when your lawn is littered with water slides, you know? Well, I don't, <laughs> how, I don't how, Okay. Yeah, that's a problem. Yeah. Well, if you're... For me, that's not a problem. I actually like a lot of water slides on my lawn. If we're really talking about water slides on my lawn, but yeah. Um, but you yeah, got to make them different colors. That's the well. The, what I'm really talking about though is an install. Sorry, I couldn't that, resist. That I know. Right, right after the install, <laughs> you're in the water slide. Right. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. So, oh, yeah. and it's a one time thing. Right. It's you're, you're, it's a one time thing. I'm like, talking about all... you know how do you launch an app when you when you have, and that's really what the start screen yeah. tried to solve. I you know in. Quite frankly, there's nothing better than, you know, what I used to do was just hit Windows key, start typing, and then yes. hit the app. And that's what I still do to this day. But so I for discoverability, sometimes. not so good. So I do that sometimes. And the other thing I do is the apps I use all the time, like Visual Studio mm-hmm. and, and um, mm-hmm. uh, I've got a, a paint mock-up kind of program I use as well. And so yeah. I, I put those on the taskbar. And yeah. I just like, you know, and what's cool about that, one of the things we haven't really talked about yet, uh, propri- hold on, help me, Richard, what is it? Proprieties, I'm not messing it up. I have no idea what you're talking about. Uh, you, <laughs> no, <laughs> all right, so it's, it's Pro- proprieties, the, the, I think, yeah, proprieties. The, the kinesthetic sense. Yeah, the kinesthetic sense of yeah. where your body is without 
looking spatial right so the, so the experiment that, that you can do is you can close your eyes put your finger out in space randomly somewhere and then get your other finger to touch it and you should be able to get right up close to wherever that other finger is without looking at without it. Looking. eyes closed the whole time yeah and, and, and carl's like kind of getting it i don't know he's had a few pints i think before right but but that's that sense right and, it, and some people call it muscle memory right just knowing where to put your you know hands or whatever to move your body Right and 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 I this is another thing that the, the first thing I noticed with iOS seven is they moved all the buttons for unlocking the phone. Oh, so I had a pattern that I had every single time, and I'm sure everybody did. Yep. And the pattern was now suddenly changed, and I was like, "Oh, really? You're going to do that to me? I'm going to change the numbers so the pattern's the same." You mofo's is what I ended up doing. <laughs> right, I went right back. But right. it's like that, that muscle memory, right? Where do I put? Where do I? Where do I move my hands to to do this thing? And 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 with the taskbar. Right, with all my favorite apps down there, I know exactly where to go. Mouse is already moving if I want to start up. There's know, an icon Visual Studio or whatever, right? Yeah, exactly. It's just right. like, bam, it's there. It's what up. was that story you were telling when you actually had some surgery or something where you lost that sense? Oh, right. So I had, I had the surgery done on my hand, on my wrist, uh, from an injury I got roller skating. And I'm, and I'm, and, and one of the options they gave me during the, the operation is said, do you want you know, to block? You could have just said when you were wrestling a bear. Roller skating, really? <laughs> yeah, it was actually part of roller derby is what it was, actually. Okay. So, so at any rate. Roller derby with bears? Yeah, That's it was weird. with bears. It is. It's really hard to get them to, tr to, to really, you know, stop fast when yeah. they're coming at you. <laughs> you, you do not want to try and do the whip snap with a bear. You don't. Right? I'm, that I'm whip glad is, for that information. It, Thank it you for that. It is a little bit dangerous. But <laughs> okay. anyway, I tried that and the bear clawed out my inside of my arm. <laughs> yeah. And I had a sur surgery on it. Go right. back so, to the surgery now. So, so the doctor says, hey, do you want to block? And I go, what's a block? He goes, well, it kind of, you know, uh, it, it stops the pain or whatever. It, it'll be a little, it'll, you'll, you'll be pain free for longer, um, but you're going to lose your proprioresis or whatever it is. Right. God, I wish I could get this. I had this totally pronounced and I'm like totally unable to do it right now. Right. You're going to lose your kinetic sense of where your hand is. Right. I'm like, okay, whatever, I'll take it. So I take it and then a little <laughs> later I'm like, um, I'm sitting on the edge of the bed. I'm going to lay down. I'm the only one in the room. I lay down and all of a sudden across my face, this hand just moves across my face like this. And I'm like, ah, what's that? What's, what's on my face? Because I also have no feeling in my hand. I have no sense that it's on me. I, that's all gone. It's just like this hand is grabbing me. And I'm like, no! And I took my hand off and I was beating it against the bed and I thought there was a zombie on the other end or something. It was just me, but it was like really scary. Uh, One of those senses you take for granted until yes, you don't have it. Yes, we have more senses than the five, right? Yeah, really that's the big more. lie. It's a, you really need that sense. Yeah, yeah, we should use them all when we're developing UI, especially for iOS. You listening, Apple? You hear me? You hear me? You got my address? You send some people over. We're going to fight out of my yard with slides on it, water hey, slides. Hey, folks, that's all the time we have. Let's thank Mark Miller. We'll see you next time on the Tablet Show. Only one